Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Hello there, mon ami. This is Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom and host of the daily podcast, Wisdom Smack. And I want to invite you to join me today. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, something that I have been currently investigating in my own life. And wisdom has done what she does and smacked me upside my head. And I want to share with you some of my findings, my insights, and hopefully trigger something in you to do likewise. So join me as we delve into and try to get to the point where you can start to discover what is your MVP, you know, your minimum viable position. Join me on the flip. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get into it. So I want to ask you, what is your MVP? What is your minimum viable position? And let's go on and take a look at the scope of positioning that we want to talk about, because this is about you individually and then your immediate loved ones and community. So positioning. Now, positioning in the business world is usually sur- uh, surrounded uh, around marketing and how do you present yourself to your customers and uh, your industry and the like. But there is also a positioning socially that we w- that we do. And it has another name called status. Oh, yes. And what is your status? How do you present your persona to people outside? And a lot of people are finding that their former previous positioning is no longer sustainable. You can no longer uh, go out and flaunt your wares, your goods, your investments, and all of these kinds of things, because when you have to stay at home and shelter in place for non-essentials, it doesn't matter. So now people are having to look at new positioning. And like I said, everything has changed Everything has changed. Now, as a business owner uh, myself who uh, positions myself to be uh, in some type of service, entertainment, um, and support to a lot of non-essentials, I am currently having to look at my positioning. And you know, when it comes down to it, it goes back to the basics. So, Let's start this off by recalibrating and getting a new perspective on what is the minimum viable position we can hold for uh, survival, for thriving, for clarity, sanity, and propagation into a better future. 
So this is really uh, more so like a practical kind of conversation we're having today. And I'm hoping that that by the end of this, you will have some new considerations to take uh, in uh, to evaluate how you move forward, how, how you move strategically. Okay. So with that, uh, I want to revisit my good old favorite Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Now, you don't have to go Google it. I'm going to paint the picture for you. So imagine, if you will, a pyramid. And that pyramid has seven horizontal platforms. So, uh, yeah, seven equal horizontal platforms from the base up to the tippy top. And with those platforms, imagine, if you will, that each one of them holds an important component of what makes us us and that we are remiss if we don't take care of each one of those quote-unquote platforms, okay? And those platforms span all uh, uh, times of our life from uh, infancy to death, you know, from the cradle to the grave, if you will. Okay, so those platforms, uh, the, we're going to start at the base and go up. So those platforms, the first one is called basic, basic needs. And when we think about basic needs, what we're talking about is we're talking about uh, survival to be able to exist. And that means, do you have the proper oxygen mix on the planet to be able to inhale and exhale to survive? The next one is going to be safety and security. So once you have air to breathe, water to drink, you know, those types of things that will keep your body working, we're going to move into the next level, which is uh, safety and security. And so with safety and security, we're talking about, do you now have shelter? Do you have uh, job security? Do you have uh, defense uh, against those uh, who would harm you? People, uh, elements, monsters, (laughs) I meant animals, but you get the gist of it. And then after that, the third level. That's where this pyramid um, starts really taking shape to, oh, this is a pyramid. And that one is love and belonging. Do you have interaction in your society, relationship, family, friends? Do you have a sense of identity and uh, uh, meaning in relation to other people? Meaning that you fit in. Then the next one, which is a fourth one. It's called the cognitive. Now, cognitive meaning thought and those types of things. And it's all about your meaning, your quest, your awareness of who you are, how you think, the knowledge that you hold. What is your philosophy or your thoughts on existence, existentialism, whatever you want to call that? And then the fifth level is going to be self-esteem. And that self-esteem is what is your... um, confidence level? What What is your uh, sense of accomplishment? What uh, do you count as a success? What things do you tout as your legacy? Um, how do people view you? That's where that status and that positioning comes from. 
Then after that is self-actualization. That's getting up there. That's the sixth level. It used to be the top level, but Maslow uh, amended it uh, uh, some years later. So this used to be the tippy top, but this is right under the tippy top. And this next one is called self-actualization. And that is where you strive to make a difference. You strive to have peak performance. You're problem solving. You're at your best, you're at mastery level. And then that capstone, uh, the seventh level, is called transcendence. And that transcendence is where you move outside of yourself to transcend your your identity of who you are. This is where altruism, volunteerism, charity, philanthropy, and all of those live because you're now at a point where you understand the relevance of uh, transcending out of yourself to not try to feed your ego, if you will, okay? So the reason why we're talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs when we're talking about what is your minimum viable position is because you have to go back down to basic. Nothing is new. I mean, nothing is um, uh, the same. Everything is new now. And because of that, we're finding that our very survival has to be reevaluated. And when I took a recent inventory of where I am on this spectrum, I failed. I'm just going to be honest. I failed. And I failed because I wanted to do as honest and objectively as possible an assessment of could I sustain? Could I live on each one of these levels with new rules? Uh, Meaning that I couldn't take anything for granted outside of what I could do and produce. And when I say I failed, I failed. (laughs) And the reason why is because uh, my living skills training is woefully lacking. And I'm not going to start talking about survivalist and prepper, but you can learn a lot from them. And, you know, for whatever, I never really had any thoughts one way or another, but I do see the efficacy now of definitely having a lot of those skills. And so looking at uh, what level did I falter when it came to survival, honey, (laughs) let's just even go to safety and security. and. I was like, I've got to do better. I have got to do better. And I had already been uh, looking at uh, ways to be self-sustainable, to cook and sew and farm and even learn how to do some building. But my ability to, to know that I needed to do that and what I actually have by way of that, ooh, far and few between. And so I had to bump myself back down to safety and security. Uh, Basic needs at this current time, we still have good air to breathe and we still have fairly good water. Um, You know, if you have to go and find it, you know, there are ways you can make filters. And I even have a few little of those survivalist bottles with the filters in them. You know, if you have to get something out of a stream. But nothing that's going to like be a big deal. And so, like I said, looking at all of this and getting as much of an understanding of a evaluative understanding of where I was, I was like, oh my goodness, my minimum viable position is shot. It really is. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because 
thinking about going to the grocery store and relying on the old distribution channels, the old way of how we got our food, how we got textiles and clothing and all of that, I was slammed with the realization that mm -hmm, we have become an a country where I live in the United States, we have become a country of outsourcing where we outsource everything. We don't make anything. And I was like, oh, oh. and the reason why I said that, because when I looked to see things that I took for granted and I was like, well, why is this gone? And why is that? And they were like, well, we haven't gotten, you know, our imports from, you know, a lot of countries that have been hard hit with the pandemic. And I was like, oh my gosh, we, we're in a pickle. And that's when I started having to be honest with myself that there is a new day and I have to be aware of my minimum viable position. And when I say minimum viable, MP, MVP, that's that level where you falter in your survival. And I'm going to ask you to do that. Just using, you know, any kind of thing. If you don't want to use Maslow hierarchy of needs, that's fine. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's a pretty good way of understanding where you are. Because when I looked at it and I tried to honestly look at how I was matriculating through all the levels, because that's what you really should be doing. It's not where, you know, you build one and then you get to the other. It just kind of like tells us the different levels that we operate on. and. I can honestly say right now, I believe that I'm still operating on the upper levels. It's those lower levels of basic and safety that I really have got to shore up and can no longer take for granted. And that's not a bad thing. And this is not about being a, you know, um, a fear monger or any of that kind of stuff. What it just simply means is that that great pendulum that we talk about of things that go from left to right and in between the gradients of has swung to the other side where we're all needing to be more aware, self-aware of where we fall on that. And so what I wanted to ask you is what do you make? that sustains you? That's the question I'm grappling with. So much so that I've been, um, thank goodness for access to YouTube. I've been looking at everyday people who live in cul-de-sacs around America, just like I do, and who have managed to be able to start gardening for themselves out of five-gallon buckets uh, to produce at least their life, uh, lively uh, vegetables to be able to make it. And how to do that when you don't have a lot of land, you have HOA ordinance like I do, good Lord, and all of that other stuff. And just by even getting my mind to start looking at those and uh, getting prepared for that, that has been eye-opening for me because I grew up with people who knew how to farm, who knew how to uh, garden. And I'm back to having to watch videos to make sure I don't overwater something. I, you know, learning what the depth is to bury a, a seed and, and the germination process and uh, how to do it as uh, chemically free as possible. I'm telling you, mm, you know, 
having to learn, I don't drink coffee, but having to learn, do not put coffee grounds in your grass, I mean, in your, in your dirt and all these other things that I just was not aware of. But this is not about me to that granule of level. This is about us having a real conversation to get inspired, to see what wisdom is really showing us for right now and to not be so uh, used to hanging out in those upper levels of our awareness on that need scale that we forget that there is an erosion of our basic needs and of our uh, safety and security needs. So it's a new day and therefore it calls for a new way. Now, this is another thing I was arrested in. And like I said, I was like, what is wrong with me? My family uh, that I grew up in, when I think about it, was pretty self-sufficient. My mother could sew anything. Yeah. My grandparents, and she, you know, she she took care of us. Uh, My grandparents uh, farmed and uh, my stepfather was a hunter uh, and he could actually build stuff. And I was like, wow, why did I get so freaking bougie? (laughs) Because I'm going to tell you, I look at, I was like, uh, Habitat for Humanity, why didn't I take advantage of it when I had the opportunity to go learn some stuff? Because I'm going to tell you, watching HGTV and DIY shows on YouTube is not the same as getting out there and actually swinging a hammer. It is not. It is not. And the last time I actually tried to make something, I ended up with wobbly chairs and a dining table that you could risk your life if you sat at it. So much so that one of my siblings said, come help me. <laughs> Because I was challenged. And now looking at what things look like, at least through the remainder of this current year, it requires that we go back and we sure up our positioning. We sure up our ability to survive and hopefully thrive. Uh, Like I said, out of those skills, I sat down and I wrote them out. I was like, okay, where am I on? Uh, being able to protect myself and my domain, you know? And at this particular time, I'm like, I'm okay, you know, with some of this stuff, you know? I need to probably go back out and do a little more target practice. I, I definitely do, you know? Um, yeah, <laughs> I possibly need, not possibly, let's just be honest with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, let's be honest. I definitely need to uh, start looking at ways to uh, get my hands dirty again with learning the basics of of carpentry again. Uh, And not just what I remember as a kid learning how to build a playhouse, um, but real stuff that you can actually support yourself in, you know? Uh, I don't know how I'm going to do that with self-distancing right now, but I'm going to try my darndest. I really am. Um, And not taking for granted things that they'll just be there just because there's a store that says they're supposed to be there because a lot of people are getting their feelings hurt when they go to these stores expecting things to be there. And then the realization hits that not only is it there, but they can't tell you when it's going to be there. And let's not even talk about what is going to happen uh, when it hits that we can't replace these things soon and the and the demand skyrockets in a capitalist society, supply and demand are warring 
uh, sisters. They they wore. The, uh, if you got just even a teenage, as my grandparents used to say for it to mean little, if you got just a teenage bit more of either other or, they beat the other one down. And so if your if your demand is going up for foodstuffs, for necessary things, for water, for seed, for all of that, and your ability to gain the currency, the, the fiat, the credits, whatever you want to call it, the money to get it goes down, you are pushed back down to be being uh, uh, a person who needs to take care of your own basic needs and your uh, own safety and security. And it just comes down to that. And so with that, like I said, I, I wrote it down and I was like, how well can I take care of myself? Do I know how to build? Do I know how to sew, to cook, to farm, to hunt? Do I know how to uh, provide self-defense? Do I know how to provide protection and safety? And uh, do I know how to procure or secure water that won't kill me? Understanding stuff um, of not stuff, understanding the ways of nature. Do I do I really understand that? The other day, I found myself staring at the birds um, on my lawn and uh, looking at how they would peck out whatever they were pecking out. You know, whether it was worms or whatever, and looking at how they were free to just be in in and then in all of our lawns without the um, need to fly away because kids are running or cars are driving by and as i was looking at them peck and uh, do what it was that they normally would do i noticed something and that was that what seemed to be just uh random scanning of the ground was actually an elegant pattern. And that pattern was kind of like watching them home in on an area and then diligently work the area. And as one would start to work the area, others would come in. And guess what? The one who had began working the area didn't stop, didn't try to fight the others away. And then it became evident that they were a community working together. And so the biggest takeaway from doing this exercise of what was my minimum viable position was that I was leaving out the component of community and how important it is that, yes, we be very self-sufficient. Yes, we learn how to do all these things for ourselves, but it still holds true that if you are a jack of all trades, you will not necessarily be a master of them all. And we can't leave out the variable that's not spoken here of, uh, of, of community. And that's when it hit me that Maslow, the beauty of Maslow's hierarchy of needs was that the very next level, once you move from basic needs and then you move into safety and security, the very next level, that third integral level was love and belonging, meaning how you interact with others. Who do you love? Who do you hate? Who do you work with? Who do you uh, shun? Who? How do you fit into this, this uh, community? How do you do that? 
And I want to say something about community and neighborhood and all of that. There is a difference between a neighborhood and a community. A neighborhood is where you have a group of people who come uh, and assemble for the for the sake of sheltering, for the sake of where they live. They're, they might even protect each other's dwellings. But a community, community turns into a living organism where it becomes the smallest self-sustainable unit for a group of people. You see, with a neighborhood, you can't sustain. You have to leave out of that neighborhood to go and find things. So think of na- uh, neighborhood as base camp. Neighborhood is where the tents are set up. But the community is going to be the surrounding area where you go and you hunt and you fish, where you trade with other communities. Uh, you go to a marketplace, those types of things. And it started dawning on me that in this particular time, we're going to have to become more aware of our contribution to community. I've said this on other podcasts and I'll say it again. When I was growing up, my grandparents, they didn't call it a co-op, but they belonged to many co-ops. I remember in their neighborhood now, in their neighborhood, we lived in a, a small town, but it was a it was a uh, college town. And so we had streets with different people on the street and things. And from time to time, there were no HOA fees. So, you know, HOAs or whatever. But there was pride in, you know, when you lived on this street and, and those kinds of things. And they would get together from time to time. And sometimes they um, a part of the street or all of the street uh, would agree to go in on something. And so I remember my grandparents uh, having, like I said, they had a garden, but they also had farming land with my uncle who was outside of our neighborhood because we had to go drive to it where there were acres and acres that they would uh, grow things on. And then across the street, I'm not going to call their names, but there was a family who had acreage for livestock and and, and for livestock uh, farming. And all of the co-ops would agree each year. They would put in their monies and they would uh, procure livestock that would serve uh, as, you know, their, 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 their meat, if you would. And when, it, and when it came time for harvesting of food and all of those things, uh, we had a processing plant and all of that local. All of this was local, where the livestock would be taken, processed, and then everything was divvied up according to your share and all of that. And the thing that I didn't realize that I needed to realize was that my grandparents and their neighbors did not have to really necessarily depend on grocery stores. They would go and they would use them, but it wasn't where they had these astronomical uh, uh, astronomical uh, fees. So they would go for things like, you know, toilet paper, or toothpaste, that kind of stuff. But when it came to food, they might pick up something here or there. But in, in huge deep freezers and secondary refrigerators out on the back porch, <laughs> yes, we had those. There would be uh, vegetables and there would be shelves for canned goods and uh, meats packaged in that butcher paper with uh, stamps of what the cut was, when it was um, done and all of this. And I had taken that for granted. And I had taken it for granted in that, in the way things became just recently 
in my adult life, I didn't have a need for community. As long as I had those credits, I could go to the grocery and I could get what I needed and I could come back and I didn't have to depend on any of my neighbors, any of my community, because everybody was able to go and do for yourself, tend for yourself. And it took me watching those little birds on my lawn to remember that the pendulum has swung and we need to get back to basics. We need to understand that you might be able to do some of it good, but you can't do all of it good. The last time I checked, I'm not able to produce what we would call quality to- toilet paper on my own. I'm just not. I- I'm not. I really am not. And so I had to take a bit of humble pie. And instead of just thinking, I've got to do it all. I've got to learn how to build, sow, cook, farm, and hunt. No, what I have to do is I have to remember that for all of the basics, all of the security and the self-defense and all of that, I still have to remember that I am a part of a community with love and belonging, and I need to make sure that I become reintegrated into that and do my part and understand that this is a new day and a new way. So when looking at what's your minimum viable position, I hope that I save you the task of not thinking that it's all up to you, that only what you can do uh, for yourself of self-sufficiency is going to work. Now, I'm talking to you, you you know, community dwellers. Now, if you are a a survivalist, if you are a self-sufficiency type of person, good on you. God bless you. But for the rest of us, this is a message that wisdom is trying to call out in the streets to let us know that when, uh, when, with all you're getting, with all of your mindfulness, understand that it's going to come back down to how you as a person provide and, and produce, as well as how you as a person work in your smallest denominator of a city or whatever, when you work with your community, uh, your local people who do have farming, your local people who do um, uh, provide uh, things like sewing and, and uh, building and sheltering. And it's a wake-up call for a lot of us because some, unfortunately, are going to figure out that, let alone a neighborhood, they don't really live in a community and they need one. So I am going to go on a limb and predict that when looking at your minimum viable position, a lot of people are going to find that they're going to have to move to a community where they can become integrated to get the necessary support for not only survival, but for thriving. Because like I said before, basic needs, that air you breathe, the water you drink, and then safety and security, you know, of your home, self-defense and the like. But that one that sits right on top of it, right in the middle, is that love and belonging. And that is how we get along, how we interact, and how we commune with other people in a larger society that will help us provide for ourselves and for everyone to be a healthy living organism that can thrive, that can grow, and that can succeed. So I do want to ask you, what's your minimum viable position?
At what level do you start to falter when it comes to your survival? What do you do and what do you make and how do you contribute to help you sustain? So with that, yeah, y'all, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, with, I hope, a very practical and useful podcast today. Don't forget to check the show notes. There are ways to contact me and even to directly support me for the show. And because this is daily, I am going to see you tomorrow. You have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.